This episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by Audible. Sign up for a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 157 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And coming up on today's show, we are returning to the roundtable to talk podcasting. Yes, after almost 160 episodes, I'm finally doing a show about podcasting. If you're an aspiring podcaster and you're looking for tips on how to get your show started, how to maintain it, um, or if you're a current one and you're looking for ways to kind of shake up or improve your show, you'll definitely enjoy today's episode. And joining me are two very special guests from the Pop Culture Palette podcast and my co-host on Nerd Cave Retro, Mr. Jason Robbins, and also fellow podcaster and host of many shows, including Daily Tech News and Current Geek, Mr. Tom Merritt. And we talk about you know how we started our respective shows and some tips and technology that we've learned along the way. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy this episode. It's one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. So without further ado, here is the Podcasting Roundtable with Jason and Tom. Sitting here with my two very special guests this week. First, we have from the Pop Culture Palette and Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Mr. Jason Robbins. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. And also joining us... Uh, podcaster, fellow podcaster, author, hosts uh, multiple shows, including uh, Current Geek, Mr. Tom Merritt. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Today, uh, I'm so excited that both you guys are here because I've been looking forward to doing this episode of the podcast for a while. We're going to talk about podcasting. And it's something that, you know, I was introduced to uh, many, many years ago. Uh, in its infancy, but I wanted to get started by asking you guys, uh, how were each of you introduced to podcasting? Tom, I will let you go first. All right. Uh, you know, I don't remember when I first heard of it. Uh, it probably had to do with Adam Curry's source code, which is most most people who heard of it at the beginning. That was the way they heard about it. But I remember when I was working at CNET at the time in San Francisco, and I went to some of the folks I was working with and I was said, hey, there's this new way of using RSS where you embed audio and then people can use it on their iPod or even if they have a Creative Nomad or you know some other MP3 player that it, they can get your shows. We should do one of those. And it turned out there were a couple other people who had heard about it and were doing the same thing. So uh, late 2004, we had a meeting where we decided what podcasts we'd want to try to do and then uh like january and february we piloted a couple and by march we had launched one called buzz out loud uh which lasted quite a long time and then by october i'd got the bug so much doing it at work that i wanted to do my own so my friend roger chang and i started our own podcast in october 2005 and uh that one's still going on actually wow <laughs> that's awesome uh, as far as me, I, um, I, I've been a pretty big gamer my entire life, and I think like most people that got 
learned about podcasts probably around 2007 or so, 2008. I got started by listening to The Instance by Scott Johnson. And that's how I got into podcasting. And at first I was listening to nothing but exclusively like video game podcasts. And then, you know, I started to branch out. I I really got into finding different shows on iTunes and stuff like that. Tried different, you know, genres and things like that. And I've always been really interested in doing my own radio show. Like I grew up listening to Howard Stern and people like that. So I always wanted to have my own uh, uh, radio show. So around 2010, I got my own uh, MacBook uh, and uh, it had GarageBand on it. So hit up my my current co-host on Pop Culture Palette, Wally Phelps. And we recorded our first podcast around 2011, and that show was the Broke Nerdcast, and that went for about 75 episodes before we pretty much switched over to the Pop Culture Palette, which is now going on 155 episodes. And now you also do the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. Yeah, and we just broke, what, 50? <laughs> it doesn't even – it's weird how, how fast, you know, those numbers build up when you're doing the though? shows every yeah. week. Yeah. Because it feels like it's going to take forever when you start one, and then the next thing you know, you've got 50, and then yeah. then a blink of an eye, you're at 100. It's crazy. It's, yeah. it's so crazy, you know? <laughs> it is. You know, I, I was looking at the – you know, every week I look at the episode number we're at, and it seems like yesterday, Jason, that me and you were just talking about, hey, we should try this <laughs> retro gaming podcast out. It, it's, and another, it's insane. And another thing I noticed about that, too, is, you know, like the Pop Culture Palette, that's more geared towards – uh, like kind of like um, it, it, you know, it's got me, Wally, who are screenwriters, and you know, I'm an actor, a musician. Um, Wally's a writer. We've got Stephanie Lombardo, who's a Twitch gamer, and we got Steve Scott, who's a comic book artist. So the whole show kind of revolves around you know us in the entertainment industry and what it's like being in the entertainment industry, and you know, getting different guests on and things like that. It's more of a kind of a broad spectrum of what the show is about. But when we got into the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, it was more of a niche audience. And we had instantly like twice the amount of listeners <laughs> that my other show had. So what do you think about that, Tom? I've always wanted to ask you this question. Do you think it's better to go for a very laser focused audience as opposed to more of a broad spectrum? Well, I think my my advice has always been you you've got to do content you care about like you should pick what you want to talk about it and and then do that uh, but if you've got a, a wealth of things you like to talk about which is kind of what you're saying like yeah we love talking about entertainment but I also like talking about this nerd stuff the the niche stuff does have a chance of getting a bigger audience out of the gate because yeah. fewer people are talking about it whereas kind of a wider thing about experience is something that people might not be willing to take a flyer on because they're like, well, I don't really know what it's about. You know, that, that's the kind you need a recommendation, and it's a slower build. Now, yeah. if you get going and people are like, oh, I really like the way these guys talk, the chemistry is going to carry you farther and get more people the broader your topic. There's a top end to how many people like the niche stuff. Uh, so it, it, that's why I always tell people like you just pick what you're what you care about because that's what'll make your podcast the most successful is people noticing like oh th- these folks are really into it they're not just doing it for a marketing reason or something like that yeah 
No, I totally agree with that. And I, I, I was thinking the same thing because when we started the, the retro gaming show, I didn't know of too many podcasts that really delved into that specific demographic. And, you know, the numbers just took off instantly and they've been able to, to maintain or even, you know, get better. And I, I, I don't know if I've actually said this to you, Jason, but I remember when we were doing the crossovers with, you know, Pop Culture Palette and the Nerd Cave podcast, which is another show I do. I always felt like you and I had, you know, more chemistry than like, say, me or Wally or me and Stephanie or me and Steve. So yeah. I, I, th I think that's why I think that's why it works so well, because that, that's another thing, too, is that if you're doing a show with a co-host, chemistry is key, because if it's two people that don't really seem to be enjoying each other's company, you know, the audience is going to be able to tell and they're going to just stop listening. Yeah. Well, I noticed that, too, you know, before we started and And plus, we both love the subject of retro gaming. So, and you know, it, it's it's the one thing that, you know, I love doing the pop culture palette. But the Nerd Cave show is, you know, I that's the thing I look forward to most throughout the week, because not only do I get to talk about video games, but, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, nostalgic stories that revolve around video games. You know, I get to actually sit and it gives me a reason to sit and play some of these games that I don't normally sit and play. It's just it, it's a really fun experience doing that show. Well, that's how you know you've, you've got a hit on your hands, right? If you are excited about doing it, if you can't wait to do it, then that's going to shine through. People are going to no notice that when they listen. Yeah. And the cool thing is, you know, Jason set up a, a Google Docs for both of us, and he'll put in the news articles and the This Month in Gaming History uh, segments that we'll talk about. And I'll go through and I'll, I'll read it. I guess the first thing I do on Sunday morning before we record. And that way, you know, I for one, I have kind of a heads up on what we're going to talk about. And two, I'm just I'm looking forward to you know seeing what he what he finds every week because he's he's way better at finding the the cool news articles than I am so that's it's a cool thing to do. But uh, another thing I wanted to to ask you guys about just podcasting in general, you know, it's really taken off in the last several years. You know, podcasting was around uh, as, as early as you know the early 2000s, but I know over the past couple of years, especially various celebrities have started doing podcasts as well. What do you think the appeal is of podcasting to to its audience? That's a good question. I, I think some of it has to do with the personal relationship of audio. You know, and radio has been a beneficiary of that for a long time where you're in someone's ears. And it's and it's very personal, especially if someone's listening on headphones and they're going for a run or they're alone in their car. Uh, it, it just really, there's an intimacy to it that lends itself to being able to have a really cool relationship with your audience. So I think a, a lot of people like that. And then the ease, the ease of it, it, it you know, it's, it's not something that 100% of people I think would do, but the majority could, if they really wanted to, like there's, there's not a lot of expense if you already have a computer uh, and there's not a, you know, with the amount of tools that we have these days, that you don't need a lot of technical know-how. Uh, you just need to have the will to do it. Do you think eventually that um, that podcasting is pretty much gonna, or has it already made terrestrial radio irrelevant? I don't know. I I've 
over the years kind of thought, you know, when, when podcasting was first there, I was like, ah, oh, this is the new radio, the new way of doing radio. And over the years, I've started to realize, I think it's just like everything else. You know, people said uh, that television was going to kill radio and it was going to kill movies and it didn't do either one. Uh, and I think I think podcasting is just different. It's just a different way of delivering radio. It's on-demand radio. What'll kill radio is live streaming. Eventually, all radio will just be live streaming over the internet. You you won't have it on AM FM anymore in 10 or 20 years. But there will always be a reason to just be able to turn on a stream and hear what's happening without having to think about it. Podcasting is a different way of going about it. It says I get to curate. I get to select the things I want to listen, and I listen on my own terms. Well, do you think because of and, I, and this is not just about podcasts. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking about like uh, Spotify and all the different apps and music services that you can get. Do you think maybe in the next, I'd say probably five to ten years, that all the new cars that are being manu- manufactured are just going to automatically have the apps built into them, kind of like uh, like a Fire Stick or something like that? And you just kind of, you know, you subscribe to whatever service you want to use, and it pretty much just doesn't even come with an antenna anymore. And like radio stations yeah. won't even, you know, whether even... whether it's getting it off your phone or you log in with your Google or Amazon account or something. Yeah, I think there's some form of situation where that's going to be your radio. And 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 I do think that AM/FM will be around for a long time because they are so reliable, especially in emergencies and things. But but I think slowly you're going to see that become – there'll be three bands for a while, and then one of them will go away, and then eventually the only band left will be the internet band. And that's what I was kind of thinking of. Like eventually is it just going to get to the point where radio is nothing but just news broadcast and stuff like that? You know, it's kind of go back to the roots of what radio was. I don't know. I used to think that too, but then Beats 1 on Apple kind of made me think they're – there will still be a room for not as many radio stations, but but for really well curated stations where you're like, I, I actually want to hear what this guy thinks. It, it might be like a return to the heyday of FM radio in the 60s and 70s where you had DJs you listened to because you wanted to hear what they picked and yeah. how they put yeah. things together. You know, well, that's another thing, you know, because like past i'd say six seven eight probably maybe even ten years like the only time only new music that i've bought is because of something that i heard on a podcast like coverville and Mm. things like that like i haven't listened to a terrestrial radio station in years and when i do happen to catch one it's just the same crap over and over again like we have this one radio station that's kind of big here on the coast where i'm from they're still playing the same playlist from like 1994, and they think they're like cutting edge. Well, that's just called classic, isn't it? Classic rock. Well, no, they're still <laughs> touting themselves as like the real rock station and stuff. Uh-huh. And like you turn it on, it's like Rooster from Alice in Chains. <laughs> <laughs> you could set your watch by it, literally. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you, but then. My wife will listen to radio in the car sometimes. I'm like, you've got Bluetooth in your car. I don't have Bluetooth in my car. I have to plug mine into the oxygen thing that I rigged up. You know, why aren't you taking advantage? It's like, I don't know. Sometimes I just like to hear what what the hit radio station's playing. Like, what are the hot new tunes? And then other times she's listening to, like, the Hispanic station, which has, like, just really good, you know, Mexican and Tejano music on the weekends and stuff. So I think I think there's in, in on the edges, right? Whether it's curation also, or a kind also, of music you're not as familiar with or something like that. 
Well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is you live in a, a bigger market than we do also. Yeah, like, you yeah, live yeah in Los be, Angeles. That may be part of it, too. You yeah. probably well, have but, 10 but, different stations. But that's stations what's there. cool is you'll we'll all live in the same market eventually because the Internet yeah. goes everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I could definitely see that because we're we see it with TVs now, you know, smart TVs that include you know your Netflix and your Hulu. Mm -hmm. I could mm -hmm. see radios, you know, car radios eventually having like your your Spotify, your Pandora, even iTunes possibly. So I I, I could definitely see that uh, see that happening in the next so ten to twenty years. That reminds me of something I'd forgotten all about. Do you do you guys remember the time when you couldn't watch a show? Because your cable TV service didn't carry the network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's that's essentially gone away now. Like, nobody doesn't carry Netflix. It's on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you happen to live in such a rural area where you just can't get bandwidth that high, which happens, right? But most people can get Netflix. And even most people can find a way to get a channel or at least buy the shows from someplace like iTunes or Vudu or something like that. Like, that, that's a huge advance that I think we kind of forgot that it used to be like, oh, I can't watch that because I don't get sci-fi. I don't get BBC America. It's not carried on my cable network. I just didn't even have the option. Well, that, you know, that's why I don't complain about anything these days. It's like an embarrassment of riches. There's yeah. nothing you can't get. You know, when I was a kid, we had th three channels and, you know, we used to uh, copy VCR, you know, VHS tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put two VCRs together and go rent movies and tape them. And that was our video library. You know, and you just have so many things now. Like I, I recently finally delved into Amazon Prime. <clears throat> that, I love it. Uh, it is so good. It is so so good. I can't believe that I didn't. You know, I wasn't introduced to it earlier. Uh, so so many advantages now. But um, kind of going back to podcasting, there were a few things that I wanted to ask both of you. Since we all do podcasts, I wanted to get your side of these these things. Um, obviously, the first thing you got to do with a podcast is uh, get started with it. What when you guys were coming up with your podcast, like what what kind of steps did you go through? Did you kind of have an idea of what you wanted to do? Did you, you know, did come through just random conversation with you know the people who would be your co-hosts? Like what what would be some advice you would give uh, to at least getting started with a podcast? Yeah, because the first two podcasts I ever did are horrible examples. One was at CNET, <laughs> where it was like, well, CNET told us that we should do the try this. And then we kind of gently nudged it in another direction. Uh, that's not going to be most people's uh, experience. And then East Meets West, the, other, the second podcast I ever started in October 2005, as, as a result of not restrictions, but, but of the format we were trying to fit, uh, my friend Roger and I said, let's just do a podcast where we just talk. There's absolutely no topic ever. There's no preparation. It's not how I'd recommend it either. Uh, I've launched others since then. And I think the key is to is to decide what you're going to talk about and 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 try to put a limit on yourself on time. Uh, yeah. The beauty of podcasting is is that you don't have to follow that limit to the letter. Like if you say it's going to be 30 minutes, you can go 35. You know, there's no network, you know, clock that you're following. But try to try to keep yourself within a limit so so that so that you focus more and you don't ramble as much uh, and know who you're talking to or what you're talking about. Be able to be able to express what the show is about in in no more than two sentences. And that's very smart words from Tom. Like it took me a long time to figure that out. Uh, and it wasn't really me that figured it out. It was really Wally who, you know, 
our shows used to be, you know, sometimes we'd go two hours, you know, hour and a half, two hours, just talking about everything under the sun. And what we were wondering why our numbers weren't going up. And, you know, Wally came back and said, why don't we trim everything down to about 30 to 45 minutes? Because, you know, he does a lot of reading and says, you know, shorter podcasts have better numbers. So we tried it out. And of course, you know, we whittled it down to between 30 and 45 minutes. And of course, our numbers pretty much doubled at that point. You know, it, it's okay to have a longer podcast occasionally, <clears throat> but I think the shorter and more concise you keep them, the the better you're off you're going to be. And and there might be a reason to have a three hour podcast, but have yeah. a reason, not just because we didn't stop talking until three hours have gone by, right? Oh yeah, you don't want to be rambling about you know the the <laughs> I don't know the 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 cinematographer of the Ninja Turtles movie in 1989 for four hours. I mean, nobody's yeah. going to listen to that. You know? <laughs> well, and, and part of it is walking that balance between having a plan and, and letting yourself follow the talking about the director of the Ninja, yeah. <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Cause sometimes you find gold there. Like, Oh, well let's, let's see where this goes, but not doing it too often, not let yourself stray too far off track. Having a plan will allow you to bring it back. Well, another thing, too, is, you know, the longer shows we used to go, I would actually sit as soon as we recorded the podcast, I would sit for another two, three hours and edit and, mm -hmm. you know, take Same out here. pauses and take out parts that, you know, were, really weren't that funny. And then after about, I don't know, I'd say 15 episodes or so, I was just like, this is awful. This is not <laughs> fun. So finally, we just got I, I got to the point where I was like, we're just going to hit record and I'm going to put it up the way it is. I don't care. You know, and it kind of frees you up a little bit because you start to be more uh, conscious of what you're talking about, the, the the pauses you're taking and rambling. Like like Tom said, it really kind of makes you laser focus in because you don't you know, editing sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's It's hilarious that. You know, my background or my beginning was kind of the same. When we started the Nerd Cave podcast, we we didn't really set ourselves to a time limit, but we would normally go right around an hour and a half, sometimes close to two hours. We did a three-hour podcast at one point, and uh, I said, as soon as it was over, I said, we're never doing that again, <laughs> because I'm because I, I used to do the same thing. I would sit, you know, as soon as we finished recording. I would sit there for hours and I would edit and take out all the times I would say, um, and pauses and things like that. And it just, it became to where it wasn't worth it anymore. It wasn't worth it to put in the time. So I remember we were around 30 to 40 episodes and our numbers started to go down. So we went on our Facebook page and said, Hey, what are some things we can do to improve our show? And instantly, like the first three or four comments were like, the show's too long. You got to mm -hmm. trim it down. So we set ourselves to an hour time limit, and the shows were much better that way. And, you know, with, with, with this show that I do, sometimes, you know, interviews can go anywhere between like as short as 20 minutes. Or if we do roundtables, sometimes they go an hour, close to an hour and a half. So it, it does kind of vary, but I, I think, you know, depending on the show, if it has a variety of topics – the time can vary depending on what the topic is, the amount of people you have on the show and things like that. So I do think there are some factors that, that you can plan in. Well, and, and like we were talking about earlier, too, uh, if you kind of laser focus in on kind of a niche market as well, like me and you did with the, the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, 
You know, I think when you have more of a broad spectrum of topics like we do on, you know, pop culture palette and stuff like that, there are so many podcasts out there that are, you know, broad spectrum podcasts like that. It's kind of like where what do you pick? What do you listen to? And it's kind of hard to hone in on a specific thing. But, you know, with the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, there's what maybe. You know, there were I was I before we started the show, you know, we did research and we didn't really find anything that did what we wanted to do. And that's why we we started that show. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. Uh, get in get in there where where there are people interested in something, but there's nobody else covering it the way you're going to cover it. And another thing I wanted to ask you also, Tom, about building community around the show as well. Like how. What do you find helps build community better? Is it Facebook or Twitter or is it uh, Reddit? What what do you, what is your preferred method my, of building community? My flippant answer, based on my own experience, is luck into a job at ZDTV in 1999, <laughs> uh, meet a bunch of cool people, build a small audience there, then get a job at Cena. Now, um, it, 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 it does help to have yourself plugged into a larger audience somehow, whether that's a network or whether that's uh, getting a regular guest gig on a, on a bigger show or something like that. But however you're getting people through the door, um, I, I think the key is to understand where your community, let's take, uh, you know, uh, nerd cave retro where that, where those folks are gathered is where you want to be. So if those folks are on Reddit and Twitter but not on Facebook, then don't waste your time with Facebook. If they're all on Facebook, but not on Reddit and Twitter, then don't waste your time with Reddit and Twitter. You just kind of got to see where your audience is. Sometimes that means you just have to open all the doors and say, okay, we've got a, we've got a subreddit and we've got a Twitter account and we've got a Facebook account and a Plurk account and we're on Instagram and Snapchat and, you know, just try it all and see where the response comes and then start, fo then start focusing on that. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've done uh, with, you know, I've got an, our Instagram account, you know, we've got our Twitter, and I, I've noticed that Facebook is just, I'm not a fan of Facebook now, even on my personal page, like, I just don't even like going on there anymore. It's a sea of negativity. Yeah, and well, I just, I don't know, I just don't want to even be around it. It all depends on on where you are, right? Like, I don't use Facebook a lot, uh, so I don't run into the same thing that people say about, oh, my family members and friends talking about politics or religion or whatever. I just don't engage. I don't go in there. I have started a Facebook group for Daily Tech News Show because there were just a lot of Daily Tech News Show fans there, and and I found it to be great so far. I mean, and I may regret these words tomorrow. <laughs> Who knows? But <laughs> but so far, so good where it's focused. It's like we are here to talk about tech news and we have good moderators and everybody's just talking about tech news. So it, it kind of you can carve out your own wilderness in Facebook with groups and pages. I feel like it's a little harder on Twitter where it's just this massive soup yeah. uh, of people. And I've got pretty good followers on Twitter and I don't get in too many Twitter fights, but it definitely has happened on Twitter because you just kind of can't avoid it. Yeah, I've, I've actually noticed that there is quite a big retro gaming community on Twitter. So yes. that's kind of the the place where I spend most of my time for that particular show. And uh, yeah, Twitter is on my personal page. I, I've learned to kind of keep my mouth shut about, a few, about <laughs> stuff because you know I, I like to throw out uh, 
I'm not a very serious person and I like to joke a lot. So I'll come up with a funny political joke or something uh-huh. and just kind of throw it out there. And people just take stuff way too seriously these days, man. Yeah. Well, it's the combination of that, because you're absolutely right, and the added effect that written communication, especially on the Internet, has no tone of voice. Yeah. And we tend to interpret something we read in the most negative possible light that we can. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've, I've noticed that as well. Uh, Before we move on to the next topic, uh, I've got to say that for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I I know we've talked about Audible a lot on Nerd Cave Retro, but I've got to ask Tom, do you have any books on Audible you would like to recommend? (laughs) Well, I do have the one I wrote. (laughs) I selfishly recommend Pilot X. Uh, but uh, right now, Sword and Laser is reading a book called Heliconia, which is fantastic. It was written by the great Brian Aldous, who uh, sadly just passed away. But it is, it's called Heliconia Spring. It's part of a trilogy, but you can read Heliconia Spring and not have to read the others. It, it, they're very modular in that way. And it's about a planet where they have two stars, and because of that, the seasons last for generations so they they're just coming out of hundreds and hundreds of years of winter into spring and you're seeing them sort of rediscovering what the world was like before this horrible winter froze the planet there's another species they share the planet with uh who prefers and thrives when it's cold and so they're in retreat and the humans are kind of bouncing back and it's just fascinating and it's a a great english uh narrator as well Sounds fantastic. Sounds like a great way to use your Audible credit. And to do that, uh, just go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Now, kind of going back to uh, what we were just talking about with you know social media and kind of finding what works better for you, I, I have noticed, Jason, that with us, Twitter seems to have a little more interaction with Facebook, yeah, or with Twitter, uh, but I mean, with with I noticed with my show, Facebook has really kind of taken off a little bit more so than Twitter, uh, mostly because I've started doing uh, Facebook Live Q and As because it's as I keep doing episodes, I've noticed that it's harder to get guests on the show, so I've just decided, well, you know, if you can't find a guest, then you know, do it yourself. And plus, I, I know I need to get better with engaging the audience and everything. So I did a Facebook Live last night, and we had uh, I had like over 20 people at one point, which is easily the most I've ever had. So uh, that's something that I'm really starting to to get into is audience engagement, and also uh, I think it's key to also maintaining your podcast is having that that fan engagement to an extent. Uh, and another thing I've noticed also, and I know you guys, I'm sure you'll probably agree with me, one of the biggest things and one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give with doing a podcast is if you're going to do it, you've got to be consistent. Because if you just do you know, three or four episodes and then you stop for a month or two and then you come back, chances are you're not going to have you know, the same number of audience that you had before. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I can 100% agree with you on that. Consistency is half the battle. Um, and, and whether that consistency is monthly or biweekly, you know, it, it can be a different period. Weekly seems to be to work the best. But if mm-hmm. monthly fits your schedule better or, or fits another part of your content better, that's fine. You get people into the habit as long as you show up every month. But you go a couple months without being there and people just trickle off. Yeah, and you don't want to overload yourself as well, too. You know, podcasting's fun, but, you know, once you kind of start to set a rigorous schedule for yourself, that, that's when it starts to feel like work. You know, so like, so as long as I think as long as you're doing something that you like to do, uh, that you enjoy doing, it's not going to feel like work. And like you said, you know, once a week, you know, we get to me and Derek get together. We have a great time. We, we go like 30, 45 minutes and, and we kind of streamline what we talk about. Same with the pop culture palette. We go maybe 30, 35 minutes these days and we're in, we're out. We got a show out and it. We've been doing it consistently weekly for a long time now. And, and especially the pop culture palette when we first started, when it was just me and Steve, when we first started the show, you know, we were very inconsistent. We'd go one month where we did a show every week and then we'd take three weeks off. So, and, and do another show and then take two weeks off. And it was just really inconsistent. It's hard to build uh, a fan base when nobody knows when you're going to be putting a show out. No, I totally agree. It's, you know, that was something that whenever I started podcasting, that was that was the thing. You know, I told uh, Zach, my co-host on uh, the Nerd Cave podcast, I said, if we're going to do this, you know, I don't want to just do three episodes and then we'll be like, oh, that's fun. And then we'll move on to something else. If we're going to do it, you know, I, I want it to be consistent. And now I think that show is almost up to 230 episodes. Wow. And we've missed... I think we've only missed two, maybe three weeks since we've been doing it. We started the show in May of 2013, and I think we've only missed three weeks. That's great. Which is, which is crazy to think about. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's a long time to be doing something. But as you said, Jason, if you're enjoying what you do, then it's not work. But another thing I wanted to ask you guys, we were talking about this a little bit before we started. Uh, recording software, especially if you know if you're not recording in person, you've got to do it over the internet. And we we've talked about the the woes of Skype, and anybody <laughs> who's tried to do a podcast knows about Skype. Uh, what's some advice you guys can give about uh, about recording software? Because you know, I mean, you obviously sometimes have to use Skype, but what do you guys use along with it to actually record the audio? Like I use MP3 Skype Recorder. It's free software. <laughs> It's it's pretty good quality, and it, it's easy to use. So, like, what do you guys use? I use a combination of different things. Uh, on Windows, I used to use Hot Recorder uh, for Skype, and and that works pretty well. But then I got a new graphics card. I, well, I guess it would have been the audio card. Uh, I got a new computer, and I was able to more easily route the audio card into uh, Audacity. So I could just choose the audio card as my record input, and then I didn't need anything else. I could just actually take whatever audio was playing on the computer, whether it was coming from Skype or elsewhere, and just record it. So you might investigate that as an option on Windows. Uh, Mac OS is a little bit trickier. There's things like Soundflower that you can play around with. They get complicated, and they'll work for a while, and then they'll stop. 
unfortunately, there's not a great free solution, but Audio Hijack is what I use on Mac OS. Uh, and even though you have to pay for it, it's it works great. Uh, yeah, that's why I was going to say I use yeah. Audio Hijack, and it is it's fantastic. It just does everything. It's got a it, they they redid the uh, interface a couple of years ago, and it's just super easy and modular, so that you know exactly what you're recording and what you're not. Uh, I wish there was Audio Hijack for Windows, uh, but Same Windows here. has this advantage in that it's it's cheaper uh, to use, and and you got more control over stuff with the audio card. So there you go. One of the biggest disappointments of my podcasting career was when uh, w- when we started doing Nerd Cave Retro, I asked Jason what kind of software he used, and he's like, he said Audio Hijack. So instantly I looked it up, and it said it was Mac only, and I was like, oh, man. Well, it just makes everything so much easier. Uh, you know, you got, like Tom said, it's modular. You know, you move, you put everything into just kind of one pipeline. So it takes sounds from everywhere. Like, I can use my... Uh, my soundboard and everything, and it all gets, you know, uh, all gets routed into one pipeline into the MP3, and it sounds great, you know. But I still, because I used to before I got Audio Hijack, I used to just use GarageBand. But then, of course, like Tom said, you got to have uh, Soundflower, uh, and there was a couple other programs I had to use as well to get it to the Skype calls to actually work with GarageBand, and I don't even remember what those programs were at this point. But um, I still use GarageBand to, to kind of use their filters and things like that when I when I edit the podcasts. I edit in quotes. Um, but as, if you're going to record and you have a, a Mac system, I would suggest spending the $50 and getting Audio Hijack because it just makes life so much simpler. That's awesome. A uh, couple more questions. Something this is probably what I've been curious to ask you guys the most. What is your biggest podcasting horror story? Meaning, like <laughs> huge technical issue, you know, something just went horribly wrong. What what's you know something off the top of your head you can think of that's your biggest podcasting horror story? Does it need to be one I've never told before? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> Because the one I always go to for this, and it still is the, the, the worst feeling. It's not even the worst thing that's ever happened, but it's the worst feeling because we were new and we didn't, it, you know, hadn't built up the calluses to it. Is we recorded an entire interview with uh, Jason Calcanis, uh, the, the, the entrepreneur. And at the end of the interview, the recording software that we were using, and this was at CNET, so it was this weird. Uh, radio stuff that that I, I don't think anybody uses anymore. It crashed and it and there was no backup and it was oh. gone. Oh, that's and we terrible. had and we had already hung up, <laughs> so we had to call him back and say, "Hey, we lost that entire interview. Can we do it again?" And we recorded the entire half hour interview again. Wow, that was awesome that he did that though. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I I mean, all credit to him. He was like, "Eh, it happens. You know, stuff goes wrong." <laughs> Jason, uh, the biggest horror story was uh, when me and Steve first started the the Pop Culture Palette. I think we were about twelve episodes in, and we were talking with James Leary, who played Lem on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah. And we did about an hour and a half interview with him. And if you ever get an interview with that guy, man, he's worth every second because that dude can tell some stories, man. And we went about an hour and a half, and it was an awesome podcast 
And I was good. I was so happy to get that interview and went back to listen to it. And it sounded like it had been recorded underwater. <sighs> and I don't know exactly what happened, if it was something wrong with its uh, sound flower or what exactly happened, but it was absolutely unlistenable and there was nothing I could do to fix it. And we just pretty much just had to trash that whole show. And uh, he told us he would do the interview again, but, you know, he started doing a lot more cons and stuff like that. So his schedule, you know, and I talked to him the last Pensacon, too, and told him we needed to. He, he even said he was like, dude, we need to redo that interview. And I said, yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, uh, call me and let's schedule it. And, you know, just never can get our schedules lined yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. We recently on Sword and Laser had a situation where we uh, interviewed N.K. Jemison, who's a fantastic author, and she was on vacation. So she's being super nice by by being willing to talk to us when she's in Hawaii. Uh, And she's outside. And so at first we did the audio test. Everything was fine. And then we start recording and the wind comes up. And it just became this thing where, like, the wind was just – getting in the way so we ended up putting it out our editor did a herculean effort you know to minimize it we just didn't because we're patrons supported on that we we didn't charge the patrons for that one we're like here it is no there's a bunch of wind it's a great interview if you stick with it but (laughs) you know yeah it's tough but actually honestly that's kind of like the the interview we did last night we had uh we had a director, Travis Mills, on the Pop Culture Palette, and we were just having Skype issues all night. We actually had to restart the episode at one point. Oh, man. Um, but there was just this – I don't know if, if it was him. Maybe he was outside or somebody had an air conditioner going. But you could hear this this loud, like, buzz from somewhere. <laughs> Somebody's Skype call was just – this mm-hmm. horrible buzz in the background and i just did everything i could last night to you know take out as much of that as i could so i hope it's listenable for people this week cuz it was a really good interview yeah that got skype can be rough sometimes but uh probably my biggest horror story at least one of, of recent memory i think this was back in it was back in january it might have been early february I got to interview Bob Bergen, who's he's mostly known for being the voice of Porky Pig and Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, you did the interview. It wasn't that long. It was maybe 20, 25 minutes. It was a really good interview. I go back to edit, and when you use MP3 Skype recorder, when you bring the audio track in, it has you know one person's audio on the left channel and the other person's audio on the right channel. So I bring it into Audition, and I noticed that one half or one of the channels has nothing on it. Oh, no. So it, it knee-jerk reaction, I just jump out of my chair and yell a word that I will not repeat on this podcast. <laughs> fudge. It had but, to do with dessert, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Fudge, hot fudge. Um, but luckily, it was my audio and not his. So I had to listen through the interview and pretend I was talking to him. It, so if wow. You, so if you go back and listen to that episode, there, there's a little nugget of info. And that, you want to uh, know something? I never knew the difference until you told me about that. It, it so was, you, did an, you did an awesome job of making it sound uh, <laughs> like you were really there. You could have totally changed questions up on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, yeah, that that would have been funny, but no, that was that's happened to me a couple of times. It's happened. Uh, I interviewed right after Pensacon. I interviewed Guy Gilchrist, who was the original artist for the Muppets, and the same thing happened. So I had to I had to do the same thing because I I don't want to like it would be easier just to to ask them to redo it probably, but I don't want them to have to take their time to redo something when I can just you know I can do what I did. Yeah, and who and who knows? You know, the same issue could have happened again. So that's I just the thing of that's the, the thing to to any aspiring podcasters who haven't started yet. You are going to have technology problems. Stuff's not going to work, <laughs> and that's just that's just the way technology is. Maybe someday it'll all become bulletproof, but uh, think things don't work sometimes, and you can't let it ruin your day. Well, yeah, I mean, it was the same thing that happened the last time we had you on, Tom, for the Nerd Cave Retro Show. We were just plagued with Skype problems oh, that night. Oh, I forgot night. about that. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> such a good show. That I, that I wiped that all out of my mind, but you're right. It just – there are just those days where things just don't work. Oh, and, and today, everything's perfect. This yeah. entire <laughs> this entire call, nothing has dropped. Nothing sounds awful. It all sounds great. And of course, I'm not recording this one. Uh, <laughs> recording it, so I, I hope it sounds as good for you as it does for me. Yeah, no, every, everything's been sounding great on my end so far. No, no drop calls. No, uh, no cutting out. No nothing. So I weird. was tempted to make a joke and like talk as if I was cutting out of that, <laughs> right at that point. Well, yeah, I, it, 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 too it, soon. Uh, great. I, don't, don't, <laughs> I, I, what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, that that would have scared the crap out of me. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was afraid of. Um, a couple more questions. Um, besides your own podcast, what's what's one podcast that you absolutely listen to, like just you know for fun, your personal enjoyment through the week? just one <laughs> like your, uh, your your favorite yeah i mean i, I i'm, I'm going to break your rule and i'm not going to list one i'm going to list more than one because i've got reasons the economist podcasts are fantastic and i listen to them for news uh and and they're not my favorite podcasters necessarily uh but they're just you know they're short chunk full of good news i just find that like a good base and then uh there's so many of them but I guess I'll I'll settle on uh, Dan Carlin's uh, podcasts, which don't come out often enough because he spends so much time researching. But both Common Sense and especially Hardcore History uh, are just phenomenal. Fantastic. Uh, Jason? Well, I'm going to break the rule, too, because I listen to podcasts every single day because, fortunately, I have a job that allows me to do nothing but listen to podcasts all day long. So I like to listen to shows that are daily. <laughs> so, of course, the Daily Tech News show is one of those, which is I am also a Patreon supporter of. Oh, thanks, and boss. Congra congratulations on hitting your goal for getting Sarah Lane on the show. Thank you very yeah, much. Absolutely. Congratulations. And I listen to The Morning Stream by Scott Johnson and uh, Brian Ibbett every day. And I think those are my two you know, favorite podcasts that I like to listen to every day. But, of course, there you know, there's shows like – of course, I, I like to listen to yours, Derek. I like to listen to uh, all the Smodcast stuff. I like listening to Night Attack, um, Jury's stuff. Um, See, now I'm like at This Week in Science and the Angry Chicken yeah. and the Instance, <laughs> and we have concerns. Like, yeah, oh, there's so much good stuff. I love Star Talk, too. I love that podcast. 
so much. Well, I guess if you guys are going to break the rule, I'll break my own rule. Um, my my favorites, my number one, it's the one that I've listened to for, I think, over, yeah, it's been like 12, 13 years. Uh, it went by a different name back then, but it's called the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. It's a wrestling show. Uh, it's I've listened to it since it started in the mid-2000s, and it's been the show I listen to it every Tuesday morning. They do the show live on Monday and release it early Tuesday morning. Um, another uh, is Nintendo Voice Chat done by IGN. I'm a huge Nintendo fan, even though sometimes, as me and Jason have discussed, they like to shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> but but they do a very good Nintendo podcast, so I, I, I love listening to that one. Um, and I actually, uh, I'll give uh, Tom some love. I just started listening to Current Geek, and I enjoy it very much. Oh, cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, I love Current Geek, too. Uh, every, every every week, that, that's on my playlist. That That's that's pretty much how I learned about you, Tom, was uh, through Current Geek. And then, of course, I started listening to you when it was, um, uh, what was your show before it was Daily Tech News Show? Tech News uh, Today. Yeah, Tech News Today. I started listening to you then. And then... Uh, when you left there and went to Daily Tech News Show, and then, of course, uh, the Night Attack guys, when they used to be NSFW, they yeah, left yeah. And, and started Night Attack. So I've, I've been following you guys for quite a while. Very cool. Fantastic. Last question. Uh, could you guys plug your social medias uh, so the listeners can follow you? Sure. Um, I have the most ridiculous Twitter name because uh, I started using this username because it was always available. Uh, I won't go into the long story of how I invented it in the first place. It was an accidental sign up for an ISP in 1996. But uh, I am Detect on Twitter, A-C-E-D-T-E-C-T. And the reason I haven't changed it, I do own Tom Merritt. You can go to Tom Merritt on Twitter and follow that. And in the bio, it'll tell you to go follow Ace Detect. I just have auto posts go in there of things from my blog. Uh, but I kept it because I'm like, wow, people actually had to find me in order to follow me. It's a higher quality of follower that made that effort. And and now on Twitter, you can just put in a name and search it, and you don't really need to know those names anymore. But that's why I have such a silly name. And I, I'm just Tom Merritt on, on Facebook. Uh, and I think I'm Ace Detect on Instagram, too, <clears throat> as well. Yeah, I have a pretty ridiculous Twitter name, too, because I got in on Twitter pretty early and uh, <laughs> didn't think to just use my own name. So I made up JFunktastic for some nice. reason, and I've been using that for like 10 years now. And uh, I, and I was thinking actually about changing it um, a while back, but Wally told me, he said, no, you've branded yourself that now. You're stuck with it. So. And at least it. yours is spelled like it sounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm at JFunktastic on Twitter and Instagram because who else in the world is going to call themselves JFunktastic? <laughs> and uh, I'm on Facebook, of course. Uh, I think it's just Jason Robbins or it may, might even be JFunktastic on uh, Facebook. I haven't l looked at that in forever. But, of course, you can find me on you know, at Nerd Cave Retro and at PCP Show also on Twitter. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining me for this fantastic podcasting roundtable. It was great. Oh, thank thanks you. for having us, man. My thanks again to Jason and Tom for taking the time to do that amazing podcasting roundtable. It's one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. I'm not just saying that because it's the most recent one. This would be, honestly, in my top five. 
I had a lot of fun uh, picking their brains and just learning, hearing from you know these two guys who have done podcasting for longer than I have. But be sure to follow Pop Culture Palette, Nerd Cave Retro, Daily Tech News, Current Geek, all those shows on social media, and uh, be sure to check out all their shows. They're very, very good. But you can also check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and all other podcasting platforms. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Podcast, And my personal Twitter page is at Derek underscore Diamond. That's D-E-R-E-K underscore Diamond. And I think that does it. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. to a Nerd Cave Network production. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are a local indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they are very important to this podcast. And that's because they supply the theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is D-Rock, the official theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. You can also check out their music on Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And you can hear Murder Mystery Night and 95 Flannel for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also follow them on social media. Just search for them on Facebook. And follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to visit their website, UnicornWranglers.com.